The following program is rated TV MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Oh, what's going on with everybody? It's your man Dre, aka Dre on Wheels, the host of the 1130 podcast. And yo, man, I want to send a special shout out to Off the Top Roads Podcast. If you guys ain't already heard it already, man, go tune in to wherever you get your podcasts at, man, and subscribe to Off the Top Roads Podcast. Shout out to my man Shiz Lansky, man. He's been a guest on my wrestling podcast twice, and he's gonna be a guest on the main show. Uh, man, so stay tuned to the 1130 podcast social medias, man, to tune in to that. And yo, go tune in, man, and cop some merch from Off the Top Ropes Podcast. Yiddy! Further ado, sorry, I'm a little sluggish today. Man. I will book my game today, so I'm extremely fucking tired. But nonetheless, we got a show to do today. Ladies and gentlemen, the average one himself, UFO Wrestling's home, John Day Furbs. What's going on with you, Playboy? How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Man, listen. I walked into the door not too long ago, had to take a quick shower. I wear two, I went, I went both my guests today. So I'm just trying just to recoup, relax, and do, and do what the hell I can, man. But nonetheless, this ain't me. But no, this, I mean, you'll say, this ain't about me. This is about you today. So let's start out. Well, well, we'll start from the very beginning. Um, what made you? you know, get involved into wrestling? Like, what made you really say to yourself, like, this is what I want to do? 
even if, you know, it may take me this path over here or this path over here, this is what the hell I want to do. What made you decide that? It's just a bit of a long story. Just, I started watching wrestling when I was like actually four years old. Mm-hmm. And the very first match I've seen was, well, it's kind of like Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels and on uh, Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. That's what got me into keep watching wrestling. That moment when I actually wanted to do it was the triple threat ladder match between the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge Christian. Yeah. When Jeff Hardy was on top of that ladder to hit that swanton, that's when I wanted. That's the time that pinpoint that I want to do it. So, and then it took me a little bit just to find like schools and whatever. And when I moved back to Massachusetts, like a few years ago, back to 2012, mm-hmm. that's when I encountered someone who knew a wrestling school and whatnot. And I just went into it. I've been loving it ever since. So now you're officially wrestling for UFO wrestling. How is it in that environment over there with them guys and um, especially Pat? Uh, me and Pat, for some people that don't know, we grew up in the same neighborhood but just a different generation. So we didn't so we wasn't really around like that growing up wise, but we knew about the certain people in the neighborhood and all stuff like that. So that's why I was there that night last week, Friday, at the show. And congratulations um for even getting in the ring and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um doing what you do best and doing what you love because there's a lot of people out there that wants to do it, but they just don't know how to necessarily do it. What advice would you give to anyone that's trying to actually do what you guys are have, have been doing, just starting up doing or even training or even training to do? The best advice I can give just right now, just if they really want to do it, like, Search within themselves first, because that's what I did. I searched within themselves and say, hey, do I really want to do it? And you still question, go to the school. Just research the school, like near you, because near me is the academy in yeah. North Andover, the academy. Um, just, just try it out first. If this is not for you, then this is understandable. And you really love it, and that's what you really want to do, just have that capacity in your mind to keep going yes it's it's gonna be a long road i know it's a long road but you keep being persistent you'll you'll make it one day yeah you hear that folks but one person that's currently doing it right now and he's going to be succeeding doing what he does and doing what he loves so um I guess the next question would have to be UFO wrestling in the first place. Like, how did like how how did you get your foot in the door when it came to that promotion, and what other promotions are you currently working, or are you trying to expand your um your bookings when it comes to different promotions, or are you trying to just work on your craft right now, and then when you feel like you're ready, you can go out there and you can showcase what you have. Right now, um, how can I say this? I'm working a few promotions right now, and well, to answer the first part on the UFO part, 
Pat been inviting me for the past year. I just haven't been like get myself to go there because of my true job what whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now that I have schedule and I was able to go there. So that's how I end up in the well how I end up in the rank. And there's another part of your question. Uh I, I'm doing both expand myself while trying to hit a mile craft. Trying to like figure out what I am as a wrestler. As of right now, what I see myself is brawling. I'm more of a stroll strikes and whatnot. And that's what I feel natural at. But I'm always open to different type of technique of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I fly, technical, showman, whatever. I'm always open. And that, that, that's also my advice to people who want to get into wrestling is figure out who you are first and handle this craft and always be open to learn something new because wrestling is always evolving yes sir absolutely absolutely i mean great yeah great great yeah very great question when it came um very great answer when it came to that um yeah so like i said like me and pat like we started kind of like you know coming together and now everybody started like you know supporting one another and stuff like that so that takes a little time for us to kind of branch out so with the people that's in ufo how many people have you wrestled against thus far or is it like or or is this like your first few times coming up and then you just working out and um figuring out where you or figure out what skill set to use here for this promotion and such like that. How like how are you rolling along with this whole going to promotion to promotion and figuring out what you want to do? As far as figuring out, I just keep going different promotions to see care about being open to work. Like I just keep myself open minded. Like regardless of the atmosphere or the amount of crowd, what kind of roster they have, mm-hmm. I I just willing to work like anything. So that's how I'm currently at. Like UFO, it's it's really good. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. And in the atmosphere from the crowd, I was surprised. When I first got in the ring with UFO, it's it's not like anything else. I like when it comes to like small promotion and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I gotta say, one of the few places I feel I can keep working with until I either go into big leagues or whatever happens, stuff like that. Okay. So, um, can you take us back to who to can you take us back to who you who your favorite wrestlers were growing up? I mean, I know that you had already explained the Jeff Hardy high spots. So I know he gotta be somewhere in that high top list of your favorite wrestlers. Well, who else could you put in your list of favorite wrestlers growing up? And um has that taken effect to how your style in the ring is presented because of your idols, or is it just really just something that you feel like because of who I am and what I look like and shit like that, this is how I got to present myself and this is how I got to play it? When I explained Jeff Hardy on, on the high-flying part, because 
I kind of thought myself as a devil. He's one of the top few favorite wrestlers. I'm not going to name a couple more because there's so much to explain. Right. Uh, my favorite was The Rock. <laughs> because uh, I got to explain to him. I've been watching him more than everybody else because the way he presented this character, like the most, like the, kind of like the manly of the men. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So, like, as someone I want to try to present myself as, as a character. And what attracts me most to him is how he, like I said, is how he presents his character, and then he had the most charisma and the most personality coming out of it. Oh, yeah. And other other favorites is that was Triple H. Because him, how he feels natural just being himself. Because I watched him a little bit, he was kind of a little bit more being himself. And that's what I also portrayed as my character. I combine character and myself mm-hmm. when I present the wild pound. Because that's that's really a combination of mixing a couple of people and myself when I present in the ring. Right. And I think one more favorite. And he 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 is just a great great technical wrestling. It's a person that I met like not too long ago, like a month ago it was, that was Kurt Angle. Ooh. Because of his technical wrestling. And he just he doesn't just do technical wrestling just to put on whole, different holes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes it and that's that's the part I picked his brain on. It's make these holes count. And that stuck with me ever since. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna ask you that next question too. Like what did Kurt Angle give you some advice about uh when it comes to you? Like what did he tell you how how you should do certain things in the ring. But besides the one thing that you said already. The only advice that I can remember, he he you know he already figured out my style of wrestling, right? He he said that that style, right, as we all get older, mm-hmm. not work as the same as we keep going. So he he his advice is try to add some technical wrestling with in your arsenal, while at the same time keep up with your own craft. So he he suggests keep going to training, keep up with his craft, and keep learning something new. And as I explained before, and I agree with every other wrestler that says this, wrestling is always evolving. So we got it's up to us to just try to keep up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. That's basically the advice I remember Carnegie would give. Oh, wow. So as of right now, um, got any plans going to other promotions to try to venture out, or you want to try to stay pretty much low-key for right now and, you know, say get certain things situated first, and then as time goes on, you're going to start going back out again? Right now, I'm slowly and surely trying to work with other promotions, right? Not just UFO. I'm also trying to work 
I'm a little bit, a little bit out of time. Work, still working with XWA. I'm yeah, trying to slowly into chaotic wrestling and whatever promotions out there. I'm gonna keep doing my best to have some sort of working relationship with other promotions, mm-hmm. with promoters, rosters, and whatnot. So, and at the same time, try to get myself in better shape. And as some people, I'll reveal some things. I have a messed up knee. I have a messed up tendons on my knee, and I'm trying to like slowly, maturely try to get this better, also, so I can do more. Yeah, uh, I mean, now how did that happen? Uh, funny story. Uh, that happened during training. I decided to try to do a little high flight, and I remember myself know how to flip. Mm-hmm. So I dislocated my kneecap trying to backflip on the top rope. Mm. And you know what they're gonna say. Big people, big dogs like us are not supposed to be getting on on, on that top road to doing any type of high fly maneuver like that because all that weight and the moment when you crash, something can pop, something can break, and then done and over with. I mean, take I mean, take a look at um Sid Vicious when he tried to even do a botch, uh, a botch little leg drop. I mean, uh, uh, off the mid rope, and then he and then he popped and then he popped his shit, and his shit pissed out. And I was like, oh, I was nine, ten years old when that shit happened, so I remember that. Uh, I was gonna say I remember that. So that's what made me say, if I ever get to the ring as a big guy. I'm only I'm only gonna do certain things off the top with frontward where I can land on my side rather than me trying to do some cruiserweight type shit, thinking like I'm you know thinking I'm trying to do some extravagant shit like Brock Lesnar did in WrestleMania 19, shooting you know saying 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 the shooting star press, but he nearly got concussed, banged his head. Thank God that he didn't break his neck or anything like that. Otherwise, it would be a whole different story right now. I agree. Well, I wouldn't say completely take it out of your arsenal because I'm saving my high flying stuff to like huge bigger events like either WrestleMania type shows or SummerSlam type shows, like mm-hmm. bigger events. That's where I will save it. And like okay. normal type shows, rolling, rolling and powerhouse. That's what I stick with. Unless there's like crowds of hundreds. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, then you gotta go into the archive and take one that I mean that you think you might be able to work with. Yeah. Now I also take that inspiration from oh boy. This man named Keith Lee. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. When I actually saw him firsthand in person, this is my eyes what I'm showing you right now, every time you high fly. I'm like, huh? I'm like, okay, so how am I going to show this one? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, certain people are naturally gifted, so you know what I mean? Like, you can't knock, you mean, you can't knock someone that have a natural gift like that compared to someone that's trying to master it on their own, going going to practice week after week after week, week, week. I just think certain things that like, you can't teach to people like that. But yeah, Keith Lee doing high five maneuvers like that, man, I'll be shocked as shit too. I'm like, oh, 
God bless you, yo. God bless your heart, boy, because because it, something went wrong. He'll never recover back from that. So thank God for that. But um, um, yeah, man, just um, yeah, just your journey right now. It it helps influence other people, and more importantly, you are real. You are a baby face in this matter, right? In the I'm gonna say, when it comes to UFO wrestling, you are. I mean, you're. Uh, are you a baby face in uh, in that promotion? No, I'm currently working as a heel. Oh, you're currently working. Oh, so you're currently working as a heel. See now, when I first seen you getting in the ring, my first thought was he got to be the baby face in it because he didn't give me that that vibe, that energy to where my okay, hmm, okay, why am I booing this guy for this? This guy doesn't make me feel like I gotta boo him, but if other people are booing him, it's probably for all different reasons. I'm not, so I'm not telling you too sure. So, um, do you like working as a heel? Before I answer that, that's what happened in some other promotions, right? Yeah, I try to be heel, try to get the fans to hate me, but I guess most of them has what you have, right? Yeah. They have this aura. This guy is more of a baby face. Yeah. That's, that's why I feel more natural of as a baby face. That's why I got that's why I may have this character. Because I'm trying to be a first like indie wrestler that could work as as like a tweener. Right. Because I, mm-hmm. that's why, so basically like I, a Lex Luger. I don't because I don't think they I don't think that the worst wrestling world should just be black and white, like heel baby face. Because like I said, it's, it's evolving that there's gonna be some type of betweener in wrestling. So, so and what was her question again? I forget what it was. No, I was just no, I was I was I was asking, do you like working as a heel more than a baby face? I like working both neutral. So I don't really have a favorite. I just like working in the ring, working whatever. Right. Whatever role they give me, I just go with it. And I enjoy both of them. Okay. So what has been uh, – if you can name one match that you had thus far that was like your best one, what would it be? Mm. As of today, I yes. matches. Uh the the one I like the best. As mm. uh, it was a few months ago, and a Thursday night throwdown, one of my one of the best matches I like working with is a wrestler named John Steele. He's one of my favorite person to work with because he's you can tell in the ring with him he's natural, mm-hmm. he's natural talent, and. Uh, He's one of the few people I love working with, and I trained and I trained with him for a little bit before he started expanding everywhere else. That's cool, man. I mean that you know that's cool. Um, any um, I was gonna say any. Well, actually, matter of fact, before we go to the last one, what about the current wrestling scene right now? And as you probably already know about the whole. You know, WWE changing up the NXT formula a little bit more, so it's going to cause some riff in between uh, to AEW basically buying up and signing all these ex-WWE talent, but giving them a little bit of creative leeway. How you how you see this whole professional world 
turn it into within the next five years. With all the different companies now starting to slowly work together one by one, except for WWE, of course, who has opened up their doors yet. But how you see the professional wrestling and independent, because this is going to have to incorporate y'all, I mean, all you guys too. How is that going to come into play within the next five years? Mm. I always hear some people, let me get to the AEW part first. People always talk crap about the high XWWE guys. Well, here's the thing. Yes, they have people that sign independent wrestlers. Well, here's the question that people that talk all the junk about IRXWD wrestlers. Which one of these independent wrestlers has some experience on TV? Almost this much percent of them. Well, so, that, so I say it's better to hire some XWDE stars because they have the knowledge mm-hmm. of being on being with the network, being being with scripts and all that. So that's where I'll get first. An NXT rebrand. Um, I I always stick with the same. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Because I saw nothing wrong with NXT. And I, and I, and I totally said the same thing either. My IOC nothing wrong with NXT. It's just Vince McMahon treats it as a supposedly a developmental where you know that third brand technically has some of the stars that's being called up to the main roster. So you're going to need that. So to disqualify to this own your own brand, set, you know, it really says a lot. That's why I totally agree. And in your first hand was had this and developmental and don't, you stick with developmental because this is the whole point of developmental is trying to develop some WWE type craft. Uh-huh. That's the whole point of that. And the reason of just by looking at it, some people could disagree with me if they like. Uh, yeah. The only reason to get a, a brand is this war they have going on between them and AEW. Yeah, supposedly war. But then again, yeah. it's like they try to make it seem like. Oh no, I mean they're not competition over here. Well, real reality, you know what the fuck that you I mean, you know the fuck that that they actually are. You're just downplaying it to make it seem like it's not bothering you, but then you're doing all these alter changes within the company to make it like you're going towards them. So uh I just wish that he would just do me just be straight up and just say, Yeah, we see our competition over there, we see we see what they're doing, now we're over here doing this. That's all that he has to fucking do. But no, he wants to be, you know, he, he wants to play conservative a little bit. And that's something I'm just like, yeah, you're, like, you're going to lose your audience that way, bro. Like, I don't understand what's going on in your head compared to what's going on with millions of people. This is other head. And, and this, and I got to say, some people, right? People think that's the pinpoint of, of this. It's mostly the ego thing. And this pinpoint before AEW, this this been going on since T, TNA. Oh yeah, was trying to do competition with them, and that's when TNA was getting a little bit more viewers. And you know, you know, you know, top management mind in WWE, they're trying to be like, oh, we're number one, we're trying to stay number one. Well, here's the thing: unless you know how to bust your 
ass to stay number one. Try to like the only way you stay number one is you. It's the viewers, the the fans. Mm-hmm. You, you, you gotta try to give. Yes, it's give them what they want. You get what you want, but you try to like twist some narrative. Like you said, they they're gonna lose a lot of fans, and and I say this pinpoint the ego thing way before AEW. In in my opinion. Yeah, man. pinpoint back to TNA when TNA was starting to get a little bit more popular. So I'll say by what the 2004, 2005 TNA around there, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say TNA too. That was when Sting guy came in. This is when they just signed Kurt Angle. Christian Cage was there, and then you're seeing the new crop of talent, which was a AJ Styles that people were either sleeping on at the time or they was really following. Him all the way from the very beginning to where the hell that he left, and I said if it wasn't for that, I mean for AJ Styles there too, that thing wouldn't have really got no. I mean that that company would would never got the big notoriety that they had. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for AJ Styles. And now to answer your question about professional wrestling in next five years, I'm not. I'm not really a predicting person, but uh-huh. I could be, if I can like be reality for a second. Yeah, of course. This is an open platform here, baby. I would say that if WWE continues the way they are, to try to be more corporate corporate rise than pro wrestling. I say. I say like they're gonna be as low as the Indies. As a AEW, because AEW they like try to change certain things, right? Kind of like throw something on the wall, yeah. see what sticks. And they saw what sticks, they stick with it. And then that's what's getting that's what's getting them fans. They continue with that, and I say they continue with that and find out what really sticks. I say they kind of will be competition to WWE. Now, do you believe WWE will sell the company to a parent group, maybe like Disney or um, what's another parent group, like like Andover is the parent company for USC, shit like that. Do you see Vince McMahon pulling the trigger and be like, you know what, I'm done with this. I can walk out with my money right now, and then that's and then that's basically just it. Or you think he's really going to sit there? And really run the show to where he's at. I would say, if I could be a little bit better person, I would say no, because know that he wouldn't not, sell. I would say no. He would let his children run it, either Stephanie or Shane, oh. because it's his it's his family legacy. Because this started with his father, Mister James McMahon. So why would he get rid of something that his father built, well, created, built, and exceeded? True. So, so I would say mostly who will run it, like make it better, and they can do co owners, Shane and Triple H. Because oh. if they run it and do like different brands and they play their cards right, they can stay number one. And AEW, where 
like I said, in the AEW, they keep finding whatever sticks and they stick with it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, AEW would be more of an alternative. I don't see it as competition with WWE. I see it as more as an alternative wrestling that you can watch, that you can say, I'm getting what the hell I asked for. If I want sports entertainment, if I want these storylines, you got to go to WWE, of course, because that's what they're known for. But if you want that real in-ring professional wrestling, storytelling in the ring, and you're grasping by the skin of your teeth, that's somewhere that you want to go and watch, and that's AEW, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the whole Forbidden Door, you know what I'm saying, Impact, the New Japan, um, AAA, shit like that. There's many fancy matches, dream matches that everyone is Google Gaga for, and they just might get it within a matter of a year, or I mean, at least like a year or two years. I don't. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to say maybe with with within the like, next like six months. I say certain things got to be built up the right way. Otherwise, you you, you you're gonna get something rust, and it's not gonna feel the same. Um, yeah, but I totally agree with you. I think if Vince is smart, Vince will sell the company to. It's to, to, to Shane, Stephanie, and Triple H, his son-in-law, three-way split, right? Triple H handles the wrestling aspect of it. Stephanie can run the corporate business management, shit like that, whatever like that, right? And Shane can worry about the micromanaging the day-to-day operations, the same way how his dad used to do it back then, the day-to-day operations, stuff like that, before he had other people doing it, and he would just basically sit behind the desk. I say, and they split them up that way equally, 33% each, and then it takes like a majority vote to overrule or change something. They can do that because Nick Khan, Jesus Christ, I'm not putting my faith in that man, especially when he's already thinking about already selling the company off already. So he, if, so if he got Vince's ear already, what the hell makes you think this is not going to be fueled by money? I've been seeing that's what it is. This is more about trying to up the revenue. Mm. And that's if some people were smart about it, it's not about the revenue. It's about like like people be saying, it's about the fans. The fans bring the money. Mm-hmm. And Nick Khan and Vince McMahon get it through their heads. That then they will see that okay, maybe we can try to make our company better. For the fans, we make it better for the fans. We can bring, keep bringing more money. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this for like a couple of years with NXT. It's Triple H was did a little bit of planning, right? And if he, if part of him would have knew that he would not get control of it anymore, and NXT was gonna look worse, he would have walked out the door. NXT is gone. Uh, Just do that right together. Go do your own thing, and because if your father-in-law is going to be all this blaming you because NXT failed, clearly he did the best that he could along along with Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, and a few others. He helping that you helping that whole creative, and they did. Some, and you know, and, and, and you can't take away from that because they did some pretty great things for NXT. Thank God for Shayna Baszler. Thank God for Jari Gargano, Tommaso Champion, shit like that. Oh, those people that I can keep going that made NXT the way that it is. 
You know what I'm saying? So you can't discredit the stars that they have built here, but it's not their fault that you can't know what the hell to do with them once they get on television up there in the main roster. That's not their fault. That's his fault. You know what I'm saying? So as much as people want to say this is Triple H's fault, this is not Triple H's fault. He he, he had dealt with the hand that he'd been dealt with. He made it survivable this long until now. And then, of course, Vince McMahon is, 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 is never going to put the blame on himself. He's, he's going to put the blame on somebody else. And this is why Triple H is getting the most heat right now. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, Triple H's fault. I was saying, like, you, you can tell with some with some tweets, well, uh, there was, like, a couple of tweets saying how NFC is getting bad, and I thought Triple H was liking some of them, right? And that tells me Triple H kind of know something when it comes to like Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different thing. I'm saying like if he had like a, like a little bit of feeling, he should be like, uh, we're, I'm helping trying to make this brand better so they go on the main roster and now he's trying to like make some change, make some changes when it really doesn't need any. Maybe so, finally trying to get it through Vince's head, I think anything can go. Because then that would teach Vince that maybe if I if I just like not try to fix everything that's not broken, then maybe things would have been better. Mm-hmm. And this is where it goes to the 2011 CM Punk promo. Oh, yes. And you know, you know what's funny? I said that the other day um, in my podcast, like, I mean, in my podcast, like, last week, I said that, I mean, I said that 2000, I said that 2011 promo from CM Punk is coming to fruition even 10 years later. And mm-hmm. if his words ain't gold by that time period and people still don't think, oh, oh, all that stuff was just a shoot. Like, I mean, it's, like, it's not really for real. It really fucking is. So, everything that he said was spot on the money that I'm sitting back and I'm like, mm, he's right. I mean, yo, he's right. I think I think, I think the company would be better off if this man's dead, but it's going to get worse when he passed around to his children and his son-in-law, and it's just going to be worse. And i just thinking, what if that, am I, what if that does happen? Then Vince is going to be like, oh, shit. No, I got something right here, right now. Just, just walk away. Let someone else take care of the bills. I'm into I'm going I'm going into retirement. I'm done. And that's that's what I was saying. This is about the ego thing because he wanna be like he wanna keep the thing that he's a genius when it comes to running his thing. Well, when's the last time you've been a full genius? The last time you were a full genius and when you found a way to to me. When I pinpoint, the last time he was a full genius, he ran WCW out. That was one of the last time. Other times, he well, I'm not ruthless aggression was good. Ruthless aggression was good. I, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that too. I say ruthless aggression had to be like the second favorable era, I think, in their company history, and that made a lot. That made it produce a lot of stars. So that was still good. Let's say when it started going PG, 
like a couple of years after going PG, that's where he kind of don't kind of don't know what the fans want anymore. I at some point, but I think but I think it's really because of the sponsorship money, um, the TV televised money, and certain certain things in cable had changed over those years from 1997 to 2006, how the whole dialogue and shit like that had changed. It's certain things that you can get away with back then, you can't get away with it now. So thinking in his mind, he's probably thinking, shit, how, shit half the damn schemes I probably would have done, I can't do anymore. Or I got to answer to this company or answer to this sponsorship or answer to this network and be like, hey, how come that um, that limousine blown up the week before and somehow they're trying to claim that like you're dead? And shit like that can get, you know, side swiped at any minute and rewritten, and all of a sudden he can come out the very next week, just like that. Oh, pretend. Oh, pretend that didn't happen last week. That, and that's another thing why he's losing people. Dementia. Like, <laughs> don't you never play with somebody intelligent? People's gonna find out soon. Mm-hmm. So. That's, this is where you try your best and try to not only like tell a story, but not only just make up as you go, but stay in reality wise. And that's kind of where I see AEW is doing. They're trying to stick with reality wise when it comes to a little bit of storytelling. It's it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna start with like. Getting writers that used to be like storytellers. That's the only that's the only way WWE programs get better. They need to get rid of like half no, they need to get rid of fifty the fifty percent of the fifty percent of the damn writers. Shouldn't it shouldn't take fifty writers to write a three hour show? And it still is garbage. That's bad already. And you having fifty people on your rock. Then you have 50 people on your writing staff that can't produce a show. You you already have a problem right there. It's not just having that many writers. More of them don't know wrestling. Exactly. So when, you writers, when you get you have wrestlers that know how to write. Uh-huh. How them? They know how to tell a story. Not people that write for movies or TV that don't even watch at least a percentage of pro wrestling. Like, for example, that woman that they had to fire because she don't know who their current WWE champion is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she gets the bigger backlash of the century about how the hell are you supposed to not know? And then you, I'm like, okay, let me get now, let me break this down for for the viewers and shit. She was only at that job for two weeks, legit two weeks before they let her go. Okay, so once that podcast that she went on came out, oh man, all hell broke loose. And that's what I said to myself. So you just bring in anybody to come in to be a writer? My like, shit, I'm like, shit, hire my black ass. I would love the truth when you shut the fuck around. Me being as a wrestling fan myself, I watched the content. Every goddamn week for nearly my whole entire damn life. Well, besides college, college I was in a whole other environment by that time period. But, but me, I know how a wrestler should be able to think, to react, to feel, and all the other type of shit. Because why? 
I am a diehard fan. You have diehard fans in this whole fucking rain team. This whole shit needs you know, this whole shit needs to be blown the fuck up. And needs to be the chairman, the wrestler, and the referee. How the fuck are we actually gonna do this? Hey, do it that way. I'm 100% with you on that. Man, oh man. And I got one more question. And I got one more question for you. And this is towards uh, the uh, Bianca Belen Becky Lynch fiasco. I don't know if you even watched SummerSlam, but if you didn't, I'm pretty sure that you probably don't even want to. But if you did, Oh my God! I know deep. I know deep inside. You guys say they're pulling the Kofi Kingston on me on on Bianca, on Bianca Belair, and I'm not. I'm not going to, want to say the R word, but uh, you get where I'm going at this. How do you really feel about the um, I, as I call it the squash? You, yeah, you see me face palming. I'm still in right now. Oh this. man, the so. Bad fucking move. Um, first of all, why? Because I know you want the strong reaction. That's not the way to go. That was not. I understand you wanted to return. I had the title, but at least fight a full match. And that's my other thing with Kofi Kingston, Brock Lesnar, like. Fight a full match because squad, somebody that you feel so freaking strong in their reign, and then you squash them within not even a minute, not even thirty seconds, and you and then you're like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Ew. Yeah, that's why the, the trending was terrible. Like the word "terrible" was trending. Yeah. After that match, terrible. It really was. It yo, it really was. Well, it would make a lot of sense if they just let Bianca have a match with anybody, right? And then Becky Lynch returns after that match, right? And then you want her to turn heel, be like, be off, maybe have her pose the crowd or whatnot, right? And then shake her hands, shake her hand with Bianca Belair, right? Once they do it all fresh up and shit, they beat the crap out of her. There you go. There's your heel turn right there. And that's you know, easy. Man? And that's easy booking yeah. right there that even a wrestler can fucking do. But they can't even do that now, story. <laughs> now you you kept her, you kept Bianca strong. Be, Becky's got still got this hype up return. And now now you got an opponent for later on. But booking somebody super strong, like book them right here. This is why this is where the berry part comes in. And then you squash them. I'm sorry. Now people feel this is where your title reign is. It's, it don't. Your title reign is going to be on the short leash, four or five months tops. But when our prime person comes back, they're automatically getting the title back. The fuck? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Because that's that's the same thing with other sports, right? Let's say a sports player like NFL player gets injured, right? Mm-hmm. You can you, you can't just like they get better and then shoot them all the way to the Super Bowl, right? No, they have to work for it. They have to like, hey, even though you got injured, you got better, but we're going to the Super Bowl, we can't just shoot you in. Mm-hmm. 
They made them go training through preseason to see how they still they can still play in the high caliber level. Yep. Tom Brady, for example. I know there was a couple of times he got injured. He got injured. He couldn't play for a little bit, right? So they they started him slow to see he could still perform at this level. Mm-hmm. And he showed he did. That should be in pro wrestling. Have them come back, win some matches, see if they can still compete in this high caliber mm-hmm. uh, match. And they, if they show they can, then put them in the title picture. But make it make sense. Because you doing something like that, like they did with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, Kofi yeah. Kingston, Brock, and there was like other matches I was like that. Yeah. Is that still a face palm to this day? It's, the, it's never. The, the finger poker doom? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people really got screwed. Really got screwed out of their playing for for as a TV main event. Yikes. Even, I still face palm that one today. Even though people are going like, oh, this is something they're going to talk about. I was like, yeah. Get them to talk about you the good way, not the not shit the... on the event way. Mm-hmm. Common sense, people. Like, <sighs> it, it hurts my brain. Listen, I know. I know that. Know. There have been some blunders. There have been some blunders in wrestling history. The Shockmaster's arrival. <laughs> <laughs> the shot that's his arrival. <laughs> Vince Russo winning the world. I mean, Vince Russo winning the uh, the WCW World Heavyweight Title. <laughs> that's another one too. I think people say, like, "Who the fuck booked this shit?" And I'm like, "Yep." And then of course, uh, and then of course, I think Satina Marella dressing up as a woman and getting involved in the women's Royal Rumble match. <laughs> And somehow winning it. And somehow winning the damn joint. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, no, no, no. My God. Just, yeah, no. Wrestling shit has, wrestling shit has its full blunders and shit. Um, let's just say Vince McMahon is coming close to another one. And I just have a funny feeling. I have a funny feeling. It's, it, it's going to be someone high up. Like a Drew McIntyre or something like that doesn't mean that's that's gonna be the next casualty. Don't don't want to jinx it, but I just had that funny feeling. I'm like, yo, listen, the baby faces are getting screwed over right now. What the hell makes you think that they're that they're really going to survive? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Like, it's it's like no, some of those names that you were mentioning, right? Because I always do read newsletters when it comes to wrestling and all that. Mm-hmm. I think this is coming up with too much test. Going like, oh, let's see. Like, for example, the carrier cross thing when he lost against Jeff Hardy. Oh, no, 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 no. Please, let's not go to carrier cross because I'm still kind of pissed off about that and the fact that they kept this man coming out with a helmet on top of his head, looking like the old school Sultan, the old school gimmick Rikishi used to have. Back in those days, wait. When I seen that, I was like, "Wait, they doing the salty with him? Ew!" And then they want, and then they want to try to make it. And then they said, and I quote, "We're trying to make all our superstars marketable." 
keyword marketable. And I said to myself, you're going to put a very dangerous and talented motherfucker, put a helmet on, put on some Spartacus, Gladiator, um, Spandex shit, and he's off to the races? Thinking that yeah. people, it's going to really flow to him again? This is the reason why there's a power struggle between Triple H and Vince and uh, behind closed doors right now. Because this shit is the reason why I think Triple H is saying, yeah, I'm agreeing with it. This thing is, is you know, it's going to turn bad before it gets even better. Yeah, and then this is where we, we go back to this insulting intelligent thing, right? Yeah. If you had somebody that build in NXT, you don't follow up in the main roster. Like, that's where the insulting intelligence and where we say, screw the main roster. Because, listen, and the, the, the attire, I gotta say, it looks more like a BDSM bullshit. Because it don't look like <laughs> that. So when I saw it, I was like, who's the bottom? <laughs> so, listen, Listen, it's like he almost walked up with a skirt on, and I'm like, "What the hell? I'm like, what the hell? You, I'm like, what the hell are you trying to have that man do?" And I'm just, oh, I'm already over it. I'm already like, wait, you already, you couldn't do anything with Keith Lee, and Keith Lee's been MIA for a minute now. Ricochet's getting squashed left the fucking right, of course. Shit, thank God that Alistair Black, aka um. Um, Malachi Black went over to AEW, and then now he's a star over there with that one match. That says a lot right there. Uh, how one company views that covering crop of talent coming out in today's age compared to what it was back then. The 80s, the 80s and the 90s, where it's always going to be the buff, but yeah, you got to be able to work in the ring. And, that, and that's just sad. And that's just really just sad. And that would kind of brought a tear to my eyes just now. And this is where, like, a lot more legends, right? Let's say legends like DDP, Arn Anderson, like, mm-hmm. Vince, like, work with in the past. Why do you think they're going with AEW? Because they feel that Vince kind of not all there knowing what he used to know anymore. Because that's why they all just jump ship. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that they have creative input when it comes to their characters and along with their stories. And Tony and Cody and, and Kenny actually sit and actually like work and work with them to try to make the story better and still get what the hell and still get what they want. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're choosing to do it as a team collective, right? Just having one person saying, "No, this is what no, like this is exactly what 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 I want you to do." And that's it. Follow down to a T type shit. And I'm just like, it's not going to work. I'm like, it's not going to keep working like that, Vince. Who said that? John Moxley. He's the one who said that. Like, he wanted him to do all this hokey stuff. And he's like, no, that's not my character. I'm a lunatic. I don't do hokey stuff. I do crazy shit. Uh-huh. Point of lunatic French Dean Ambrose. I do crazy shit. Uh-huh. And then when he came back after the injury, he wanted to go full blown John Moxley in WWE. Yep. Guess who said Vince? And then you get his Shield brothers talking shit like, 
How can you talk shit when when you got like a bunch of ideas? Some of them they already tried to get an AEW and it works. And now who's gonna start kicking himself in the ass? So yeah, Yep, that old man over there at Stanford, Connecticut. Not just the old man, the stars that kissing ass that's kissing ass of the company. Well, I want to say full ass, but like trying to do too much to be liked by the higher up. Well, one high man, to be to be fully correct. It's like sure. are you loyalty to the sport or are you loyalty to the freaking corporation? Me, to be real honest, I'm going to do the sport. Because I, even I serve a contract up in WWE, I'm a lawyer for the sport. You can, you can cam me on you on. I really don't care. I could, I could, you can call me the, the black CM Punk of the WWE. I really don't care. Hey, listen, I would be just like you too. I'm going to you listen. I'm not saying I did nothing until you meet my demands. And my demands is going to be clearly right. It's going to be clear. Right there on paper. <laughs> right there on paper. A lawyer, a, lawyer, a lawyer will be right next to me to verify everything. To make sure everything is authorized the right fuck away. Or even if you got to renegotiate something, we're going to be negotiating right here at this table. We're not leaving to where my contract is the way that I want it. And you can't try to use it against me to do things that you want me to do for yourself. And this is where the um, people still have a debate when it comes to like superstars have a third party platform like OnlyFans, Cameo, or Twitch. Yeah, this sounds like an owl hole question to me. Seems like to me, what do you think? You think he's out the door or do you think he's going to resign? Well, and you know, and you know what he said a couple of days ago? He says, I'm not giving up my Twitch for nothing. So he stands by that pretty vaguely, and he has a follower on Twitch. So he's not going to get that up unless WWE will have to work out some some contract negotiation with uh, when it comes to that. But even so, him going to that main roster right now, yeah, I don't know. I always see him going to the United States and the kind of championship routes, and then that's it. He he he'll never touch that world heavyweight title or the universal title as long as Bobby and Roman are still there and they're still healthy. That's that's what you're talking about? The, yeah. uh, Adam Cole? Yes. Mm, they say they like him and his skills, but they how many people that like Adam Cole, the little midget, they really push. The last vanilla midget they pushed was Daniel Bryan. Uh-huh. That's only because they made themselves out there in the Indies that level, and they prove it's wrong. But Adam Cole, mm, you may say you like him, but you're never gonna push him to the world battle. Exactly, maybe that's one thing too. One time, but that's gonna be like more in transitional champion. To like capture the title and say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna transfer to." And lose it to this guy. That's all Adam Cole is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe that too. Um, man, we had fun this whole conversation, man. We went all over the goddamn place, man. Um, only thing I can say is just keep 
just keep working on your craft. Keep keep working on yourself to where you know you follow your own pace to where you want to go and how you want to get there. That's all you to decide, man. And um, I'm happy that you came on the show to chat up with me. I'm happy for a lot of things that happened. Shit. Nope. Never mind. That was some news that was even meant for me anyway. <laughs> um, folks, ladies and gentlemen, man. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the special after dark segment. Nonetheless, um, Jay, this is your time where we call the winner's circle, where we give you the platform to do your shout outs, plug shout outs, plugins, where to find merchandise. Whether you support you, where you're going to be at next as far as promotions go, this is where I say you got the floor. Yeah. First of all, fans, I go by the Wild Hound, Johnny Rivera. That's my gimmick name. Uh, you may catch me. If, just just look for me in a few very different promotions like UFO, Chaotic, XWA. Just find, I'll be in. Almost all over New England. Just find me. You see my face. And so far, I just have T-shirts. Just for try to get one for twenty dollars each. Now I'm going to try to get more size. And a shout out to. Definitely make a shout out to New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Just to keep on help training me and all that. And very sad. Very sad to hear the big gym. We heard this morning. Yeah, God rest his soul, man. Even though the, I didn't know the guy, but John Teller, another friend of mine, um, who's also a wrestler, he wrestled for ECPW and Pro Wrestling Magic. He just is a he was kind of sad by that. And Pat said something about that earlier. I was like, damn. So he was gonna be hit hard because of that. So um God yes. And do uh, doing a pro wrestling, right? You said, yeah. do you know um, the yeah, Chase Michael um, Tommy Taylor over there? No, uh, it's underrun by Chase Del Monte. Okay, the Chase Del Monte. Okay, that's what he calls it. I think I think I might I think I think I might know someone that trains in there, but I mean, he goes to other gyms to train, but I know he more likely
Um, Blackheart, AJ here. Take care of yourself, meet each other. And of course, y'all know the whole deal. We beat y'all. We do. Have a good night, folks. up